it occurred when my body gave me a wake up call um, behind the chair. I was about eight years behind the chair at that point. Um, I've been in the industry now for about 18 or 19 years. Um, But my body actually um, started like oozing. Um, So I had oozing eczema. Um, So my skin was literally oozing out of my body. Like my body was inflamed. I was just, my arms swelled up to those of like a 300 pound person. Um, I could see a heartbeat. They were hot to the touch and they they were oozing. What's up sisters. Welcome to the period whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it and own your own health, energy and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey sisters, how are you feeling in your body today? Are you doing all of the things I talk about and still not feeling like yourself or feel like you maybe should feel better? This episode is going to be very interesting for you. So listen up. If you have been following the show for a while, you likely know that there are three phases of healing to thrive in perimenopause and beyond. The first being inflammation reduction, the second being uh, healing and repair, and the third being hormone optimization. Now, hormone optimization is all about knowing and supporting your hormones and your natural feminine hormone rhythm. And a key piece of this is really understanding the hormone disruptors and toxicity of your products. Now, we've talked on this podcast about non-toxic cleaning products. We've talked about how to have a less toxic home. So make sure you check out those episodes if you haven't already. They're episode 52 and 111. But we haven't talked about a major area of toxic products that we all use at least a few times a week, if not daily, and that is hair care. So I had to find someone amazing who is an expert in this area to share with all of us, and I have her here today, so get excited. Please help me welcome Michelle Gossamy, who graduated from Northern Michigan University in 2005 for cosmetology and attended Finlandia University in 2009 for business and communications courses. Throughout her career, she has played a variety of roles, stylist, manager, mentor, master colorist in both local boutique salons and spa businesses across three states and corporations, as well as a self-employed renter as a successful independent stylist. So she's got a lot of information for us. For 10 years behind the chair, although she's no longer behind the chair, making the transition to managing her own employee-based salons as CFO and CEO eight years ago, Michelle remains a growth-centered strategist who strives to remain innovative in her approach to the industry and the needs of her team. She works to fill a need to improve, expand, and elevate the commission employee-based business model in in her industry, providing career-minded stylists opportunities to grow for past the max of this model without the toxic salon culture. 
Meraki's culture, that, uh, that, that unspoken but felt air, is equally, if not more important to her than the amazing hair walking out the door. And she creates and cultivates this support on the daily. She values a holistic, low-toxic environment for her salon, striving to ensure sustainability for stylists and the best hair care for guests. So she's showing you how you can achieve luxury hair without the toxins. And she's going to talk all about that with us today. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, welcome. I'm super excited to be here and um, share some of this this information, which can be very overwhelming um, to understand and to and to know and to learn about. Yeah, I agree. It's like there's so many things for us to always be thinking about. Um, and it, it wasn't that long ago where nobody even cared or paid attention to right. toxic things. So it's it's like a new a new awareness for us, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. But absolutely critical for women in particular. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to get into that. But before we do, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Like, how did you come to care about non-toxic hair products and salon environments at all? So it occurred when my body gave me a wake-up call um, behind the chair. I was about eight years behind the chair at that point. Um, I've been in the industry now for about 18 or 19 years. Um, But my body actually um, started like oozing um, so I had oozing eczema. Um, so my skin was literally oozing out of my body. Like my body was inflamed. I was oh my just, gosh. my arms swelled up to those of like a 300 pound person. Um, I could see a heartbeat. They were hot to the touch and they, they were oozing. So it was clear that my body was <laughs> detoxifying whether I liked it or not. So that was the catalyst for me to do just a deep dive into what is happening to my body. Why is my body doing this? Um, And then it just created a full on deep dive research for, you know, in the salon industry. So I started there because that's my profession at the time. Um, So I deep dove there, um, looked at safety data sheets and all those things that are hard for the layman to understand. But I knew right away where to look. Um, so I immediately was like, I got to re- reduce my chemical load. My body is inflamed, obviously, mm-hmm. um, incredible pain, incredible. Um, like my body was just rejecting everything. So I went down to, you know, kind of brass tacks and down in my diet, my skincare, like what I was putting inside my body as well as on my body. Yeah. I went through all of that. So nutrition, pH balance, um, supplements, uh, movement, fitness, like all of that stuff from the inside out. And then um, for me, the hair care was somewhat uh, easy, but the last thing for me was my makeup because I love makeup. So, you know, and at that time, there wasn't a lot of really great professional grade stuff Mm -hmm. for makeup and for hair color. So just learning to know what to look for, what to ask for. And then I basically use my body as, you know, a test tube. Um, to see, okay, if I'm eating this or I'm doing this, is this helping reduce that inflammation, clear it up, or is it worse? So I went down to almost like a baby food type diet um, and then everything else in my skincare and just kind of then would gradually add some things back Mm. um, until I knew what I could tolerate. And then it gave my body an opportunity to exhume the inflammation and the toxins. Um, I went and got testing and all that kind of stuff. And my blood was 
very, um, it had a lot of toxins in it, a lot of chemicals. So my chemical load was over, over the chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was able to identify, obviously I had done a career at that point where I'm dealing with highly ammoniated colors. I'm not wearing gloves, which is very common. Um, dealing with caustic, like relaxers and perms were big then. And like all those different things. So I'm breathing that in it's on my skin. It's now on my body. And then of course the classic industry adage of, you know, you don't really eat very well. You are just drinking coffee or beverages. Um, you're not getting any kind of fitness or movement, right? Yeah. Um, Eat all day. Yeah. So just really, that was the catalyst where I was like, okay, my body's telling me something and I have to figure it out. Ah, that's fascinating. You know, I love what you said there, you know, how you kind of took it right back down to the basics and then, uh, you know, almost did your own testing. And I think it's important to highlight that because, you know, our, when we hit sort of these more middle ages, I don't know, I don't know how old you are, but (laughs) I know where I'm at in the middle ages, our body really does become less tall. It's kind of headed up to here, right. With, you know, what things are going. And sometimes we get really stuck expecting really quick results, but it's this, it's this kind of scaling back to the basics so that we can really rebuild and actually see what's causing the issue or what is causing, what isn't causing that makes a big difference. And it doesn't happen overnight, does it? Yeah. No, this took me probably a good year. Um, certainly a a good several months for my, my skin to actually calm down. Um, and like, I just really, and then a full year. And then there's even times now, like I, you know, that happened probably, I want to say eight, 10 years ago and I'm 42. Mm -hmm. So it was just that longevity inside my career and just like all the bad process type stuff I was doing. And then I got better, but it still wasn't enough for my career. Um, So I had to step away from the chair. And now to this day, I have sensitivities even to things that are good for us. So like lavender, I can't do lavender. I have to do Roma chamomile instead. Um, And certain kinds of citrus and pineapple um, I still have some sensitivities to me. So you you really do need to figure out what works for you individually. Um, and I like being able to provide that kind of knowledge and those kind of options to those in the industry and to our clients as well. Um, so that's important to me because I want to be able to offer those, those choices and that education. Because um, no one told me any of that. You know, yeah. no one said put gloves on or not be aware of this or that, you know, and that cut my career short, you yeah. know physically hands-on, but I wanted to still remain in the industry just in a different role and a different impact. So I was able to kind of funnel that research and that experience, which is really the bedrock of Meraki salons. It's really unique to my experience behind the chair. Um, My health reasons for stepping away, the reason why I even created organic salons, um, all of those different things are really a function of this whole journey of non-toxicity and reducing your chemical um, loads for sure. I love that. I love what you do. I love that you took your pain and kind of turned it into something really productive to help other people as well. And, you know, it's amazing for you. It presented, you know, this toxic load really presented in like your skin and the eczema and everything, but it can present so differently in different people, can't it? Have you seen that with other stylists or with people you've worked with over the years? Yes, absolutely. Um, it shows up in uh, asthma, 
respiratory issues, um, certainly any kind of skin issues, rashes, different things like that um, can exhibit in different um, volumes and others. Um, and then since I've been in the industry for a while and, you know, I went to school with different people, I have heard over the years, um, a lot of people have suffered miscarriages, um, have trouble conceiving, because um, a lot of these things are hormone disruptors and endocrine disruptors for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and some have developed severe uh, respiratory issues, cancers, um, because a lot of those things were inhaling as well, you know, aerosols and different things. So I have seen that certainly through my career um, and with my colleagues throughout the years. Um, and then also young stylists. Um, so now it's a passion of mine to go into the schools. Um, and kind of let people know there are options. You can still get amazing hair care and amazing um, results with less of a toxic load and for safer alternatives um, wow. that I didn't know back in the day. And I really want to make sure that like you can have longevity in this career if you choose to, if you just really you know are mindful of what you're doing. I love this, Michelle, because I think, you know, like anything, like you're addressing it at the head, like with the, you know, with the people who sort of promote the products, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, for the average woman who doesn't work in a salon, um, Mm -hmm. obviously, we still are impacted by these products all the time, not as much, but often, I mean, every, every day, you know, like I wash my hair a good three times a week. So, you know, there's put product on it and and color it and things like that. So we we run into these things, but when you're dealing with it by setting the example at the top like that, I think it, it makes a big impact. So I love that. Um, can we, let's talk a little bit about why this matters. Like, I think we know, obviously hearing your story that, that makes it pretty evident for you sharing some of the other experiences, but like for those of us who don't work in salons, um, like why should we care as women about the ingredients in our hair care, in our color, in our products? Well, for one, um, they affect you in your respiratory, mm-hmm. um, in your hormones, um, and also in your reproductive measures. Mm-hmm. So uh, it will affect. So anything that you put on your body and in your body, we know that affects you, right? What you eat makes you feel a certain way, et cetera. It's the same concept of anything that's going on your skin. It's getting absorbed into your skin, into your bloodstream, and it's affecting the balances of your blood and all the different things. And when you're dealing with things that you use every day, and if you're not mindful of reducing those chemical loads, well, then that's going to build up, right? It's just common sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But what you can do is you can especially with color, because that's a chemical, there are no such things as organic color on the market Mm -hmm. because you have to create a chemical reaction in order to create the look, but there are safer alternatives, Mm. right? Because for some, if you're doing like great coverage or things like that, that sit on your scalp, that's sitting on your skin and it's now absorbed into your bloodstream, right? Do you know what is in that, right? Mm. So it's just about getting educated enough to make better and safer alternatives for you. Um, And I also believe in balance, right? Um, I provide these options for my team and for my clients, but there are other things, there are things in my salons that I myself can't use or I'll break out in hives Mm -hmm. or it will really affect me in a different way. But I don't want to be dogmatic with that. I simply want to offer safer alternatives for the most part and then educate on that. And you're not going to lose any of the luxury or any of the results. 
Um, it's not like you have to go do, you know, like henna or, you know, crunchy granola or hippie, all that kind of stuff is kind of, <laughs> is not relevant anymore. You can have all that great luxury, yeah. um, without, and it's reasonably priced too. And the brands that I work with, I always make sure that they're sustainable in their packaging for one. Um, and that they're also, uh, a lot of them are glass bottles. So we offer refillable programs and things of that nature, which help. Um, offset the cost of organic. And if you're buying it professional, you you will automatically use less. Oh, really? So Why is that? Because it's a higher um, potency. It's less watered down. So the brands that I use, Owe, which is short for organic way out of Italy. Mm-hmm. So they're in brown bottles. Um, we offer refillable options. And a lot of their stuff is biodynamic, botanical, things of that nature. And they're a, a really nice treatment based um, line, but their shampoos and conditioners are very reasonable, 30, $40. Mm-hmm. Um, and you use less of it because in order to, to bring it to mass market, you, you have to make it affordable to do so as a manufacturer, right? So yeah. you're watering it down, you're using cheaper ingredients that are readily av- available, right? Mm-hmm. Fragrances, etc. as opposed to something that is only sold professionally, so that is maintaining the integrity of the formula and the ingredients. So you can make sure that what you're getting is what it says in the bottle um, and that it's only available through professional means um, because that's a way that I like to support our industry as well. Yeah. Um, that, I, so actually, I have some questions around that. That's really interesting. So how do we know... Um, is it like if we're buying an organic product that's professional grade, like how do we know that what we're getting is a lower toxic or a better or non-toxic product um, and that it's not just marketing? Right. So you need to do your research, right? There's a lot of greenwashing, right? Even in the professional industry. Greenwashing, right? such a good term. Yeah. So you do need to, you know, don't take my word for it. Look at it. Look at the ingredients. Um, for one, for me, if it is... Um, readily available on the shelf of something like even Sephora, even Ulta, stuff like that. I already know that the ingredients are compromised. Really? As a professional. Yes. Okay. Um, And that's the risk that you take. Certainly anything on Amazon or something that doesn't come directly from that manufacturer or a trusted vendor is target Walmart places like that. Yeah. We've actually done tests in our industry and in our salon comparing what we have here and what is bought at like Amazon or whatever. And it is, a difference. There is added junk in there. There's no guarantee. There's added water. You can see the viscosity is different. The way it reacts to the hair is different. So I would just really steer away from that. Yeah. So you really have to understand where you're getting it, the source, right? Where is this product made? Right. Okay. The OA is made in Italy. All right. You can go right to their website and buy it from them. So you can go right to the source or we have a distributor in um, the U.S., in Florida, it's called Simply Organic Beauty. Mm-hmm. You can go in and they're kind of an umbrella that offers safer alternatives, organic, non-toxic. But you do need to be reading those labels because in the U.S., you can be labeled organic. I believe if you have like 70% or yeah. more organic. Mm-hmm. In your it doesn't have to so be 100%. And that yes. goes for, for food as well, for anyone listening. That's okay. a food and a, a product line for sure. So we might and do your research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Read the ingredients, see what you want. Um, then a lot of times they'll put stuff in under like fragrance. 
um, or a lot of those unpronounceable things, <laughs> they should be, you should be able to quickly do a Google search to see what that ingredient is because every manufacturer has public knowledge safety data sheets online. Mm, interesting. So you can actually, I wouldn't go through an app or anything like that. I don't really trust those. Um, I would literally look at the ingredient that I'm interested in knowing what exactly this is and Google that ingredient. And then you will get, okay, is this a derivative of coconut or something of that nature that is derived from something more natural? And then you're like, right. okay, that's great. Okay. Uh, but I don't trust really anything that has like a fragrance or perfume or like any of those sorts of things because they can put anything in there. Like when that's the over, kind of like natural flavors in food. It's just an yeah, overarching exactly. term that they get to stick stuff in that we don't actually know yeah. the reality of. It's the same in hair care. Yeah. Oh, that's so, okay. So I, I just want to recap. So I understand, obviously we understand that like the impact of these endocrine disruptors when they're, so we're thinking like, okay, when I eat something, it reacts to my body, but now we're putting it on our skin, which is our most porous organ, by the way. So it's like sucking it in, we're breathing it in and we know it impacts our reproductive. We know it impacts all of our, um, our endocrine disruptors, which for anyone listening to this podcast who is in perimenopause is a big deal because we're already very sensitive during this time. Um, so we know it, it matters. We know it's a big deal. We want to start looking for products that for our hair that, um, excuse me, <clears throat> that are non-toxic or, or organic, but you're saying we want to go to the source and, and look up the ingredients or, you know, is that, is that what you're saying? Yes. Not only like um, the source of where it's sold. So um, look on the bottle to see like, where is it manufactured? So then you can go right to the manufacturer because that is where the safety data sheets are. Um, So they're called SDS or MDS. Um, So you really got to figure out what the manufacturer has in here. And all that stuff is common knowledge, including your color and all those sorts of things. So they bet on you not understanding, not having a desire and doing the work to to research it. But I would stay away from apps telling you what is, literally look at the ingredients, see, okay, I'm not familiar with what this is, and then Google that particular ingredient and see if that's something that works for you, is from a safe source, et cetera. And then your actual product, make sure you're buying it from a trusted manufacturer's source. Okay. Which would be what? Which would be where, where is this made? Do they have a website? So like OA.com has a website and then do they have a a local distributor? Is there a local salon? Where does this salon get it? Where does this person get it? Um, If you're really interested in the source and protecting what the manufacturer says is in the bottle, if it's good, you got to get it to as close to the trusted source. Okay. So because we now know distributors impact change them. Yes, because they can sell their bulk or people, you know, can sell it through, you know, normal means and good means, but then they, they themselves can water it down and resell it through other means. And that's what we've been finding. We've done those tests in salon and in our industry. um, And those are available online too, um, where we've compared things on Amazon, Ulta, Sephora, like all those different places that have the name brand type stuff. And then from where it's really at. Um, but really, you know, even things like, you know, in the industry like Davinos or Aveda, mm-hmm. um, once you deep dive into the actual ingredients, they're just as toxic as Redken, L'Oreal, like all the different things, right? Really? 
Yeah. I can't believe I said just said that. I mean, I talk about nutrition this way. I'm like, Google your ingredients. If you don't understand ingredient, make sure you Google it and decide whether you want that yeah. to go in your body. And th- this is what's so funny about us, right? Like we don't know what we don't know. And Correct. So, yeah. it's so important and, to have these conversations. Yeah. Because they bet on you not knowing that. Because like I said, I did those deep dives and I started first because I know how to read those safety mm-hmm. data sheets. I know what those ingredients are because I was trained as a colorist to understand that chemical and what that chemical reaction is doing. And when someone says X, Y, and Z, I can give that information as a professional, but to the layman, they don't, Mm -hmm. they don't know that even though it's public knowledge, you can search it. Yeah. So just some ways to really understand, don't take someone's word for it. Don't take their marketing for it. No, Mm -hmm. I did deep dive. I, I didn't, you know, I looked at Davinos. I looked at Aveda. I compared all of them and I really looked at what is in my bottle. I don't care what anyone else says, I need to know what's going in my body. Yeah. And that was really important for me. You know, like I was in pain, so I wasn't going to take some person's word for it. Right. So I did the research and that worked for me. I, that's a very empowering thing that you just said. And I, I think my wish is that everyone starts to move towards that. Like I, you know, I care about my body and I want to know what's going in it. You know, And I mm-hmm. think that that's a really, I, I I wish that we didn't need to get to the point of pain and discomfort in order right. to start to make those decisions. And I don't think it's our fault. I think it's our culture. I think it's, you know, how we've been taught, especially as women. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I hope, you know, look, you've already shared so many powerful things and we have more to talk about, but I hope if, if you, if, if you guys leave with nothing else today, really step into this piece of like, I care about my body and what goes in it because it matters. And this is this midlife phase. You and I are the same age, Michelle. This is when it really starts to matter. I think for you and I both, it hit us a bit earlier because of the environments that we were in, but we don't, you don't want to wait till it's, you know, I think we can both speak from experience. You don't want to wait until you feel like hell before you start to make these changes because it's hard. It's harder. Yeah. And it definitely, not only did it show up in my skin, but I actually had um, ovarian cysts, the size of oranges that were taken out. So like it affects you in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. you know. And when you do those deep dives, you're like, oh, I I used to get horrible um, migraines um, systematically every time I had like my cycle. I don't have those anymore. I thought, oh, it's my cycle. It's fine. No. Turns out, you know, it affects your hormones when yeah. your body is already going through the hormones. And then when you're feeding it with more and more disruptors, mm-hmm. inflammation, I don't even have that anymore. I used to have debilitating fatigue when I came to my menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. No, nope, not anymore. Like it's just, uh, it's a self-awareness too, you know, and that has to come from not only that desire, but also you know, trying to see trusted experts and different people who can like build those bridges for you and like give you some steps and tricks can give you some things to ask, Mm -hmm. to know, to learn so that you don't, you know, you don't have to start from zero anymore. There's a lot of information out there and this is one of them. So there, there is, I love that you said that, you know, it's like we, obviously there's this issue of having, you know, of your body reacting. So then it then has major issues like cysts and things like that. And what we do know is when we aren't working inside of our rhythm, when our horm- when our rhythm is disrupted by these hormone disruptors, um, that puts us at a much higher risk for things like cancer, things like Alzheimer's, other mental illness, anxiety, depression, all of these things. Um, so bringing it, so caring really matters, doesn't it? it really does. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's quality of life too. You know, I have big dreams, you know, I've got several locations I want to be doing. I want to be offering things to people. I want to live a fruitful, healthy, productive, active lifestyle well into my 60s, 70s and 80s. And I don't want to have you know, aches and pains and like different or brain, things. Like nobody yeah. has even time for brain fog, let alone, you're right. Like having yeah. debilitating periods or major things. Yeah, I don't have time for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got, I got things to do. And, yeah. You know, Gold dreams to achieve. And yes. yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And I think that's so relevant. I know a lot of the women listening um, to the podcast are, are high achievers. They've got big dreams or, and, and those big dreams, whether it's, you just want to be more present and rich in your life or whether you want have like other external dreams to accomplish things, there's still big dreams and we don't want to be held back by these things. So um, okay. I love that you shared with us specifically about how to begin to, you know, look at ingredients and go to the source for our products. What about things like, um, what questions can we ask our stylists around the products or the hair color in the salon, um, for, to help us make better choices? Excellent. So that's one of the key areas that chemical, those lighteners, those things that are going on your scalp and that you could potentially be breathing in, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. So you want to be asking um, your stylist or the salon, um, do you have ammonia-free options? Mm. What are they? Um, Do you perform straightening treatments in your salon? Mm. So there is no straightening treatment on the market that does not release formaldehyde. Really? Yes. And I've looked at those. There are smoothing treatments. We we carry a smoothing organic treatment, but there's no straightening treatments on the professional market that do not release formaldehyde. So if you're interested in the air that you're breathing and different things of that nature, you may not be per- getting that service performed, but if it is in the salon that you're attending, it's in the air. So you're, you're breathing it by default. So you want to be asking what kind of services they're providing. Are you doing straightening treatments, which means there's formaldehyde in the air. Um, you also want to be asking for the color. Uh, does it have PPD in it? Okay. Also, there are different levels of PPD in different shades. What is PPD? Is there a longer name for it or is that just? There is. Um <laughs> That talks about um, basically the size of the chemical, the molecule of color. Um, And those are how it gets into your your hair follicle, gets on your scalp, those sorts of things. And those also cause some irritation. So Mm -hmm. PPD is one of the biggest things that causes irritation. Mm -hmm. So the scalp, watery eyes, like things like that. So that's an irritant Mm -hmm. in color. Okay. Just like ammonia is in lighteners. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So all those things are just little catalysts um, for that. So like, do you have a PPD free option for color, for permanent color, as well as semi-permanent or glazes? Okay. Um, So there are all of these safer alternatives on the market. You just want to be asking what, for one, what brands do you use? So like Redken. It's toxic. Um, yeah. So your shades, EQ, um, any kind of something like that, that has all ammoniated, all um, PPDs, resorcinol. Um, so resorcinol is also an endocrine disruptor and that's in color as well. Wow. Um, so you want to be knowing 
where those um, things live. So mm-hmm. for our core color, which is made out of Australia, it is, it's got like macadamia oil in it. So you want to know like, how is your color carried to your hair molecule? Yeah. By a chemical means, or can it be by an oil based distribution? Right. So yeah. that comes from the knowledge of the stylist okay. and the stylist may not have that knowledge, but you asking will elicit that. Right. Well, that's so good. you want to Learning be experience. <laughs> yeah. For source and all PPD, uh, what are your ammonia free options? And then what kind of just simply the brands. Okay. So the lowest toxicity of color, professional color on the market right now is core color, C-O-R color. And that is distributed by O&M through Australia. Okay. Um, they also have hair care that goes with it. Oway also has a um, organic color as well. Okay. Um, so that brand as well, that's an oil-based color. So it operates a little bit different than core. So your colorist will be able to determine that based on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they should have knowledge of that because if they're a colorist, they should have knowledge of chemicals and chemical yeah. makeup, and different things. Um, you, you know how in, obviously in food, uh, there's like this, they kind of compiled this list that we can, you know, go to really quickly where it's like the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. Do they have that with like, to- like hair care or with toxic products that way? Not yet. Huh? Okay. No. Okay. Because- so these are great questions for everyone yes. to write down yeah. and be able to ask and come back to this episode. Or yeah. message Michelle. <laughs> yes. I can give that. you a, a list and okay. you can even be like, okay, they said this, or how's this ingredient? And like out of the safety data sheets, you want to be knowing what is an irritant. Yeah. Um, and all of this should be common knowledge. And safety data sheets should legally be in a binder in every salon in the US. Oh wow. Okay. So you can request to see your safety data sheets of the products that you're using, you can suggest your stylist to be looking at those as well Mm -hmm. um, so that you can educate yourself together because it'll tell you, oh, when you're mixing this color, you need to have all this personal protective equipment. This is going to cause X, Y, and Z. It literally says this could cause cancer. This could cause hormone disruptors. And then understanding what those are. So even Mm -hmm. if you don't understand the ingredients, everyone knows, oh, well, this could not be great for me. And they spell it right. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. This is amazing. I think we should, maybe we can create some of these questions or, or highlight some of these in the show notes so that everyone can have a quick reference there of what to ask and what to look for. But can you, so, you know, this, I know it can feel really overwhelming for people. Um, we talked a little bit, you talked a little bit about how to save money. Um, cause I think it's a common feeling for people when they think organic or professional grade, they think it's going to cost more. You, I know you said already that we know if we're getting a real product from the real source of professional grade or stylist grade, that we can actually use less of it because it's more concentrated. Yes. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that, on how to make it more affordable? Like how often should we be washing our hair? Um, it really depends on your hair texture, um, the thickness of your hair, your activity level, your scalp level, where you live. So your moisture levels in the air. Um, typically, uh, if you have very fine hair, it's common to wash every day. Um, for some who have thicker, maybe curly hair, you know, every other or a couple of times a week. Okay. So it's, it's really, it depends on what's on your head. Right. Um, and then if you have color treated hair or lightened hair, then there's, a, you know, different steps that you need to take for that. 
um, to make sure that you're protecting your chemically treated hair. Right. Um, but again, you can use less of a professional product. Um, and then also the products that like the styling products that you're using, Mm -hmm. if those are more organic and water soluble, then you don't necessarily have to wash those off every time you're in the shower, you can just rinse them off. Oh, interesting. That also protects you as well. Um, because obviously if you're using like these heavy waxes and these creams and these different things, when you're styling, Mm -hmm. yeah, you have to wash them off, you know, but if you're using better styling products, then your shampoo and conditioning will be more gentle for your hair as well, as well as using a more, a better shampoo and conditioner. Yeah. Um, Then also for your color, what we do is in our space, we actually chat with the client on kind of their lifestyle and their maintenance plan. So you Mm -hmm. want to be talking to your stylist or your salon on, Hey, what's my maintenance plan? Hey, I want to be right here. So we do a full on here. And then in between, you can you should be doing less and less. Like maybe it's a face frame or just a glaze. And then typically now you should only really be doing two or three visits in a salon for your maximum looks. Mm-hmm. And then your maintenance appointments in between. So that helps reduce your chemical load. And also you should be talking about budgets with your stylist. We always talk very frank about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, what is your beauty budget? What do you, what's a must that you have to leave with today? That's a real conversation. It's a business, right? It's a transaction. You should both be able to have that conversation. Um, so you want to be getting with a stylist that's going to give you a look that you want as well as a budget that you want, and then set out a plan for you. Uh Right. Michelle, I, I love that. I love that you even brought that up because I think there have definitely several times in my life where I have walked out of a salon with major sticker shock because that conversation was not, it's like when you take your pet to the vet, you take your pet to the vet yeah. and they like do all these things and they never tell you how much it is. And then you walk yeah. out and you're like dying yeah. because of the cost. So that's, yeah. I love that. I think you just gave people permission to make sure to have that conversation. Yes. And stylists should be having that conversation um, that you should, so for any, you know, client walking in, okay, I want to color. What does that process look like? They should mm-hmm. be asking that. Am I going to do a consultation first? Can we have a conversation about mm-hmm. maintenance, about the plan, the beauty yeah. budget, the whole thing. So you should be having a conversation before someone just does something to your head, right? You should be a part of that conversation. Um, and you should be asking for that. So mm-hmm. Just as you're asking for what kind of brands, what kind of ingredients, also what's your kind of protocol when you have a new client who wants a color, like what are your steps of service type thing? And then you want to get with a stylist who's comfortable having those conversations, Mm -hmm. which is a conversation. It's a dialogue, right? It's not just like, okay, I'm going to give you this. And then there's no questions, right? Yeah. You know, you should be an active participant in that conversation. And I mean... This day and age, especially if you're going into an organic salon, we're a higher priced space. Those colors per tube are the highest priced in the industry. Oh, wow. Organic color. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not cheap, right? You don't go into a store thinking you're going to pay less for an organic product than one that's not, right? So it's the same concept. But we help you create the most value for you. Mm -hmm. So you know, what's your maintenance plan? What's your beauty budget? There should be a lot of varieties that your salon can offer you to fit in with that. 
And then there should be some transparency and pricing as far as like a beginning rate that should be on their website or someplace that's public knowledge. So you have an idea of a starting point. And then you should also in a space like that, that says that they're luxury and there's some organic options, they should have other things that um, go outside the service. Do they have online booking? Do they have ease of check-in, check-out? Do they have beverages? Do they have snacks? Do they have aromatherapy? Do they have a hot towel experience? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that, um, that create a, a total experience, almost like a VIP experience for right. the guests. To make it more valuable, yeah. more value-driven. Correct. Wow. Because I feel like I learned so much more. I was, ex- I, I wasn't even expecting to learn it, but I think what you've taught us today is really how to advocate like yeah. one, the value in, in understanding why it matters, what we know is in our product, how to actually advocate for those things, both in a salon and just like looking up our products. If we have, if you imagine, you know, like the average woman listening right now, um, you know, and I think of myself very much as that average woman, you know, I've got a slew of products already in my shower. What, like, can you share some tips or what would be like the, you know, the babies, if, if, if I wasn't in a position to go out and just like do the research and buy a whole bunch of new organic products, what would be like, what would be the first products you would recommend? Would it be shampoo and conditioner? Um, for me, it would be whatever product you're using most, most. Okay. So your most frequent product start there. So if you don't shampoo every day, maybe don't start there, but maybe you, you know, curl your hair, flat iron, or use a hairspray every day or heat protectant every day. Then I'd start with your daily. Okay. Just start there. I would also start with whatever is aerosol in your regimen. Why? Because you're, you're automatically um, injecting more of that in your system because you're, you're now smelling it and you'll notice if you're smelling it, you can also taste it because it's going down right? and it's on your skin. Yeah. So it's going in. Yeah. So there's more distribution of that. Right. And those are finer particles. Those are, you know, finer particles get in all the other ways quicker, right? Yeah. Are so there organic dry shampoos? Whatever makes yes. me think of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. But also good to know is there is some adjustment for people who are like aerosol junkies um, because most organic don't have that. So OA mm-hmm. has a spritz. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a wet hairspray. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you, you know, there's some of that. And then their um, dry shampoo is in a bottle that you shake. Oh, wow. Okay. I, that makes sense. That makes some sense. Yeah. So, some different distributions. But if you really like a spray one, well, then OM is a little bit better than the regular. So, again, reducing it. Right. Yeah got to pick and choose what works for you. Like if you really like that spray, like O&M, which is a safer alternative, OA is better, but at least O&M is better than the traditional brands that are out there. If you really are married to like that distribution method, then at least choose a safer alternative. So I'd start with your distribution method and then the one that you use most frequently and then just go down from there. Oh, that's amazing. And I know, I mean, look, I I know from knowing women, we're not all going to do a whole pile of research, but I do feel comfortable saying you, you do have a line of products that you use that you recommend 
that we yeah. can check out if, if people, if you're not going to do the research, which we all recommend you do, of course, but yeah. if, you know, if you're in a pinch and you need to start that way, I think, you know, Michelle has a line that she recommends and uses. Um, how do we find those products? So you go to my salon's website. So it's Meraki Salon NC, like North Carolina, uh, .com. Um, and we have a shop page. And then you just, so you're going to be looking for uh, O&M. Mm-hmm. So original and mineral is the long version of that. And also OA, short for organic way. And then you just tap right on that picture and it takes you right to the website. Okay. Amazing. And then there you can go and you can order through that. And then I believe you get a discount code for shipping and all that kind of stuff. And then if you have any questions with that, because they do sell other brands and they do skincare and things of that nature too. So if you ever have any questions with that, feel free to DM me directly, michelle.gossamy on Instagram um, to kind of navigate what that looks like. But that is the professional level that you would want to start at. And then if you need any, you know, answers for any questions or anything, obviously um, I can be of assistance for that as well. Because it's it yeah. <laughs> it is, that's yeah. amazing. Thank you. That's a huge gift that she just gave to us. You guys around share it, like reach out to her, but go follow her on Instagram. This has been, you know, one, it's been empowering, it's been educating. Um, and I'm so grateful for all your expertise here today, Michelle. I think like this, these conversations are important because again, like we say, we don't know what we don't know. So I hope that um that everyone takes this seriously, recognizes the impact and and how these these seemingly small decisions, which are, are have packed quite a big impact on our overall health. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, this was so much fun. And I love paying this, this information and this research that I've done forward. Um, Cause I know that it can be difficult to comprehend and also very overwhelming, especially when you feel bad now and you want to make improvements right away. So yeah. yeah and we know it takes some time. Mm -hmm. Um, I will put all of these things in the show notes. So make sure to swipe up and grab them. Follow Michelle, check out, check out the website, ask her the questions. And, um, if you do nothing else today, sisters, take one form of action, whether it's you Google something, whether it's you really, you know, take a little minute to think about the products that you have, whether you decide to feel really empowered and in, in everything that you're putting in and on your body. Um, but let's go out and be more in our lives and not just less on a scale. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle, for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right, sisters, we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.